Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Well, an interesting story this week, Neil, about a young school chap whose backpack was snatched by some uh, some raffles banded uh, monkeys, Langer monkeys. Uh, these are actually uh, macaques. They were macaques, in fairness. They oh, were, they were macaques. macaques, excuse yes, me. Yes. I, I think they got it wrong in the story then. Um, but he uh, went through a series of mm, moves to get it back, which he eventually did, uh, which were so fairly controversial uh, based on what the best practices for dealing uh, with uh, wild animals in Singapore Singapore. Let's go now to two people that can tell us exactly uh, what should have been done or could have been done. Uh, and that is our, our dear friend, Dr. Andy Ang of the Mundi Nature Reserve and the Singaporean Raffles Banded Langer Working Group. And also Sabrina Jabbar of the Raffles Banded Langer Working Group. They have a new book. They've co-authored Raffles Banded Langer, the elusive monkey of Singapore and Malaysia. Ladies, good morning. Welcome to the show. Morning. Good morning. And, and firstly, let me just say congratulations because, as Glenn yes. rightly mentioned, this is a first. This is a global first right here for Singapore <laughs> on Money FM. The first academic work, the first comprehensive work ever written on the <laughs> Raffles Banded Langer, a Singapore exclusive. Girls, congratulations. Andy, we'll start with you. Tell us about the book, how it came about. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we're really excited because this book is, um, I would say, a result of many, many people, researchers included, and also started since 2008 when we actually had um, a study to look at the Raffles Bennett Langers in Singapore. And then there was a gap in between. Um, afterwards, in 2016, that's when the Raffles Bennett Langer Working Group was set up and a long-term study started with Sabrina and I. Uh, that's been five years, six years now. So this book is a collection of all the data and information and photographs that we have collected over the years. Uh, that is just uh, an amazing uh, book. Can't wait to dig into it. Sabrina, what, what stood out to you as you were putting this book together? What information do you feel is really important for people to know that, that you are now giving them in this book, Raffles Banded Langer, The Elusive Monkey of Singapore and Malaysia? I think it's, a, it's an important tool for people to firstly understand why we're doing what we're doing and how uh, individuals can play a part. It doesn't have to be big or small, just doing their part to help with the Langers as well as the wildlife in Singapore. Yeah. Fantastic. And just to add to that, uh, Andy, back to you on that. You know, it is the first book that really gets into the animal's distribution, the diet, its family structure, its infant development, its threats, its conservation. It's going to have such an important impact, not only for this particular animal's survival hopefully but uh, local biodiversity generally which is so important what were some of the fun facts or quirky elements in the book that you think really stood out for our listeners i think um one of the really interesting observations that we documented in the book it's the interactions between the langers and the long-term macaques because i think um for a long time 
people think that, oh, you know, the long-tailed macaques are aggressive or they're naughty. And if you see the macaques, you won't see the langurs because they will chase the langurs away. But interestingly, through our observations and also the citizen scientists' contributions, we have photographs and also detailed sighting about how, yeah, like the macaque was grooming the langer, providing services, you know, to clean the fur, <laughs> to have this positive affiliation. And so it's actually a very, I would say, adorable interaction that not many people realize. That's one of those foot massage uh, places where you can go and certainly... Like body massage. <laughs> so you're telling me that, you know, in the Central Catchment Reserve and the Thompson areas, it's not like West Side Story, where the, 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 the two tribes... <laughs> the Jets. Yeah, the two tribes are standing <laughs> off. It's really not like that, Andy. It can happen when there are competition for food resources. So right. say, for example, where fruits are, you know, fruiting are available, then there might be competition, not just between the monkeys, but also between other animals as well. Very interesting. Now, uh, as you, you mentioned, uh, you had a lot of help putting this book together. What were some of the resources that you had to to tap on to get all of this information? Uh, and this would be a moment where you could give a shout out to anybody else uh, that helped you uh, uh, along this journey. Maybe I'll start um, with saying that this book, it's really, uh, I guess it started with Professor Rudolf Meyer from National University of Singapore. He was my academic mentor when I was doing my master's. So at that time, there was not much information about this species at all. And people even thought that it might be extinct. So um, he was really supportive. And um, Professor Tommy Cole as well, coming in to really provide the support and uh, Wildlife Reserve Singapore, which is now Mandai Nature. So with the academic input, um, the government and the agency support, we managed to really kickstart this long-term project. And of course, we also have the citizen scientists. Maybe Sabrina can share more. Yeah, I mean, we, what we do is wouldn't be possible without their help. Um, you know, their additional inputs, their sightings, going out on their free time to document photos and videos. We actually mm. ha- uh, help contribute to, to the photos that we have in this book. So I think in a way, that's also one way for us to show um, our gratitude towards them. Because some of them have been volunteering with us since the very start when we had the first citizen science right, program. Right. As usual, you're both being far too modest, and we don't allow yeah. modesty on this show. If, 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 if Glenn and I have taught you anything, is we don't do modesty on this show. And, and I, no, in all seriousness, I have to say this. You know, you guys, Andy, Sabrina, and this new book, and the Raffles Banded Langer Working Group generally, you have really raised... The, the national consciousness when it came to the, mm. comes to the Langer. Five years ago, nobody knew anything about it. Now when I do storytellings about the Raffles Banded Langer, one, one out of every 10, one out of every 15 kids, whatever, will point out that's a Langer. Whereas that would have never have happened five years ago. It would have just been that's a monkey. Uh, best case scenario, that's a macaque. You have really <laughs> raised the level of consciousness in this country when it comes to the Raffles Banded Langer. That's to your credit. So my question is, Andy, where do you think we are now? What do we need to, how do we need to take that to the next level? How much further do we need to go in Singapore? You were saying one in 10. We're hoping it could be five in 10 soon. (laughs) So maybe that's the first step. Um, But I would 
think that it would be great if we can get more from the community involved in uh, collecting data on the Langers. So these days, when we go out to the field, I would say maybe every five uncles and aunties that we come across, two of them would know about the Raffles Bennett Langers. Wow. So I think that's fantastic. And they would show us where the Langers would usually come out and forage. But, you know, we would like to see that it would become three or four. And so um, that is number one. And number two is to really appreciate their presence in Singapore and how we can actually contribute to, to protect them. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking with Andy Ang the, of the Mandai Nature and Singapore and Raffles Banded Langer Working Group in Singapore, and also Sabrina Jabbar, uh, the Raffles Banded Langer Working Group, uh, co-authors of a new book, Raffles Banded Langer, The Elusive Monkey of Singapore and Malaysia, the first major work done on this animal here in Singapore, raising awareness and consciousness. And ladies, uh, I, I do want to get to the story that was out this week of yeah. this young lad, this schoolboy, secondary school student who was caught uh, attempting to persuade uh, two, um, and I'll, I'll let you correct me which type of uh, simian it was or monkey it was, um, from to give his book bag or his bag back to him. And I believe one or other of you commented on this uh, in, in the media. Uh, Andy, let's start with you. Where, what happened? <laughs> what do we know? What happened? <laughs> Well, um, you've seen the video. Um, mm. So basically, unfortunately, the student's bag was taken by the macaque, thinking that you know there might be food in it. Um, and the student was trying to get the school bag back. I mean, like negotiating with the monkey nicely and approaching the <laughs> monkey. <laughs> um, you know, I would say that he he is nice in a way that you know respectful and trying to talk to the monkey. Mm. But mm. it's not something that we would, we would encourage, and I think you know Sabrina will have more to share. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I mean we, we shared it on our social media page because mm. we felt like um, it was a good opportunity to share with people and scenarios like this what to do, especially now more so than ever. You know, on such a narrow footpath when you encounter wildlife. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it it is normal. It, we acknowledge that it can be a very uh, tense situation. But um, you know, in scenarios like this, I don't don't go close at all, especially for social animals like macaques. Um, they're very very protective of one another. Um, I mean, talking and negotiation may help, but we won't encourage that. The key thing is like you know, if, if your items has been like retrieved by the macaques, if it's if it's food or edibles, I, don't don't risk it. Just let it go. It's not worth it. But you know, if it's something which is very important, for example, your keys or your bags or what's what not. Um, let it go. Like the macaque will eventually know it's not edible and you will drop it. Mm. Uh, like like tr- trust us, we've seen it a lot. But of course, like if, if the monkey goes up a tree, um, don't stand below the tree because the macaque will get anxious yeah. and you will run further higher. You don't want your sure. you, if the macaque took your phone and it goes higher up, the phone drop. That's it. So at least just monitor <laughs> where where it is. But I think like for for scenarios like this, best is like. To, to actually know what to do before to yes. avoid yes. things like that from happening, right? All right, so, so like, what should they do? I mean, like, I mean, I think it's by default all of us use our phones so much when we're walking, right? But I think we need to be very, especially now that, you know, 
so many human wildlife uh, human wildlife interface going on you have to be very very mindful of where you're walking especially you know in like you know there's wildlife hotspot area so at least that you have a foresight if i say it's a monkey macaque right in front of you like a few meters ahead at least you have enough time for you and the animal to react accordingly and sometimes there's no need to react at all if there's an alternative path to take like take that alternative path sure. there's no point making big actions and, and, you know, unnecessary things from happening. And, you know, if in the event, like, for example, this case where the boy is holding a school bag, um, you know, if I always advise, you know, just put your bag close to your chest or higher up on your head, you know, so that um, you reduce the visibility. You don't want to give the, wild, the animal um, a reason to approach you. Absolutely. I was just going to jump in there, if I may, yeah. Andy, bring yeah. you in on this, because um, you both shared on your working group the vi- a do's and don'ts, and please share it in our Facebook Live after the post, because it's an excellent post, by the way, the do's and don'ts in that situation. I'm not going to name the boy, and I'm not going to share the link, but if it was a how not to do something, it was it, step by step. This is the how not to do something. And Sabrina raised a great point there, Andy. It's the before that concerned me, not what happened after, because I pass macaques every day. Andy knows where, at Larong Halus. I've never had a single encounter. I've passed them a hundred times, never been an issue. It's the before, isn't it? Monkeys generally don't pull rucksacks off of a human being's back. Therefore, it just doesn't happen. Therefore, I'm assuming the back was either put down or it was held loosely by his side or he didn't see there was monkeys. So it's what happens before, Andy, isn't it? It's knowing your environment, know, being aware of what's around you and acting accordingly before something happens. Is that not right? Exactly. So Sabrina and you have mentioned exactly what we want to tell the general public, which is to be aware of your surroundings. And if you know that you're going near a nature reserve or there's wildlife in the environment, then please bring all your items close to your body, don't bring out plastic bags or like food that's hanging around. So I, I think the before is definitely very important. Um, yeah. Put water bottles yeah. away. If you're approaching monkeys, don't, don't have any food or drink in your hands at all. Put it in a rucksack. Close the rucksack. Put the rucksack on your back. No one is coming anywhere near you. <laughs> I, don't I will scream. say... I, don't make like loud noises or don't run, sudden movements. Yeah. I do have to say, I love how this kid tries to bargain. He's like, okay, please, I make you a deal. The can of Coke is yours, but I want my bag back. <laughs> I mean, come he's on. Like his you can't help but laugh at this kid. I mean, you know, he's he's bargaining. Like, it's like he's down in uh, Lucky Plaza trying to get a T-shirt for, you know, 250 instead of $3. But the best thing was, Glenn, he went from sort of, you know, Steve Irwin, Crocodile Dundee, you know, glaring his teeth at the monkey, which, again, you shouldn't do, and growled at the monkey, which you shouldn't do. And and the second the monkey moved towards him, he took off like Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and the monkey wasn't really intending to really chase after no. the, uh, the boy. It was yeah. just like, you know, don't approach me. Yeah. Walk on the other side of the street next time, I think, is the lesson for that uh, young lad. All right, ladies, we do have to leave it there. The book is Raffles Banded Langer, The Elusive Monkey of Singapore and Malaysia. Brand new book out by Andy Ang and Sabrina Jabbar. Congratulations on this, uh, on this effort to you both. We hope that everybody reads it and understands more about this truly unique uh, animal in Singapore. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so Thank much. You. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.